Welcome to The Daily Diagnosis, a healthy lifestyle podcast provided by Ogden Clinic. We're your prescription for health-centered conversation, stories, and advice. Hosted by myself, Parker Shaw, and featuring the talented providers of Ogden Clinic, you'll reach a positive prognosis for your podcast addiction by listening to The Daily Diagnosis. All right, everybody, welcome to this week's episode of The Daily Diagnosis. This is Parker from the marketing team. And April from the marketing team. And Dr. Jason Bruce. Dr. Bruce has actually been on the podcast before. He's a podiatrist for Ogden Clinic, and we're excited to have you back. Great. So in today's episode, we thought it would be cool to address types of shoes because this is really important for daily wear, for exercise, all kinds of things. So let's jump right in, and I want to talk about exercise shoes. Can you design us the perfect exercise shoe? Yeah, I used to actually travel around and lecture about uh, how to pick a running shoe to running groups. Um, It's been really fascinating during my career that the thinking in running shoes has completely switched. It's been one of those, you know, major aha moments with uh, shoe advice. It's really Mm -hmm. only, it's happened in the last... 15 years. It's actually a pretty fascinating topic. So um, I can just give you a little bit of history. So uh, Nike first invented running shoes in the 70s. And, you know, so you may know the story. They were using like a waffle iron and they would make these waffle shoes. And and then several other running shoes started being manufactured. And um, for years, we thought that we could recommend a certain running shoe to a patient by looking at their feet and say, okay, you have, you know, this foot type, this is the exact shoe. And I used to do that. I used to, I used to travel around and, and show slides and show this is, you know, look at this foot. This is, this is a gait pattern and this is the kind of shoe that they should be in. Mm -hmm. And we talk about that. Um, and I used to have like cut-ups of shoes and pass around shoes. And it was, I thought it was a cool lecture. But what's interesting about it is there were several articles that came out. They actually came out of the military um, uh, about 10 years ago. And they, what they did was they took like 5,000 military recruits and they, they divided them up randomly. And then they had one group of the cadets before they're going into basic training where they do a lot of running. Mm-hmm. They... Um, they had a doctor look at all their feet and recommend a shoe. Okay, exactly which shoe. There was like four or five different types types of shoes they'd recommend for the, what they thought they would need. And then the other half, they just randomly let them grab a shoe and go. And the injury rates were higher in the doctor side. That's interesting. <laughs> no way. Yeah, and it was repeated a couple of times. What's so, the reason for that? Well, it, it, it basically just taught us that all of the things that we thought we knew about how to pick a running shoe is kind of out the window. Okay. And around the same time, there's a book that came out called Born to Run, which mm-hmm. is a very, very popular book talking about barefoot running. And yes. how and here comes the trend. Right. And that book kind of swept across the nation. And, and then people are saying, well, maybe, you know, I've been told to get this running shoe. And maybe I shouldn't even be wearing that. I should be barefoot. And, and then there was a couple of shoes that came out, like the Nike Free, which is basically like a sock that you're wearing. And okay. so there's all this, you know, and that book is really fascinating to read. And I, you know, I devoured it when it first came out. Um, um, the bottom line is this. When you're selecting a running shoe, there are some general principles. So... If you are someone who has a really flat foot, you probably ought to have a shoe that has a little bit of support. But And if you're a kind of a neutral foot, um, uh, and even a running shoe store, a good running shoe store can kind of tell you what category you're in, then you ought to probably use a neutral shoe. And and that's pretty much it. I mean, you, okay. there really only are now really a couple categories of shoes, and most of it for patients is 
is experimentation. And so I tell patients, go, go to a good running store. There are several around here, and uh, I kind of give them, you know, the shoe a type that they should be looking at. But I tell them, try on six or seven in that category and see what you're happy with. And let them and run on the treadmill. A good store will let you run on the treadmill in the store. Mm-hmm. And if it feels good, then you're good. Now, um, don't be switching around. Don't say, you know, running with a friend and the friend's like, I love my new shoes and, and go buy their shoes. I mean, don't mm-hmm. do not do that. You, you, if you get a shoe that you like and it's comfortable and you're not getting injured, don't change. Yeah. Um, there's too much change that happens. And, and that's a very easy way to injure yourself is if you're a pretty high-level runner and then you just suddenly switch shoes or something. You can, you can. So I tell people stay where you're at. And if you get an injury, then we try to figure that out. But... Um, that is kind of the advice we give now rather than giving a specific shoe and here's all the reasons why which that's kind of out the window and ask somebody who runs i used to run a lot more but there you really do just have to go into the running store it makes such a difference i mean Mm -hmm. you could even look at the specs online and order a pair and it wouldn't fit as well as having six different shoes in front of you and just trying them on and running yeah so and certain shoe brands tend to be a little more faithful to their design so they'll Mm -hmm. come up with a new version this year and it's pretty much the same as last year maybe changing some colors and there are some other shoe brands out there that totally change everything in a year and call it why do they do that i think it's It's gold when they just get a new model but it's the exact same shoe because i'll continue to buy that same model over and over and right and that's what you should do and there are some some brands that are very consistent with what they build there are a couple other shoe brands that don't you know i don't really want to say them but they they will totally change the whole structure of the shoe Mm. um so running shoes is a complex topic, and and it's probably you know probably more than this podcast wants to handle. But <laughs> but we really I tell people to experiment and and go to the running shoe store, and a good store should give you your money back too. I mean they yeah. usually have like a seven day return mm-hmm. policy, which is great. And and you try it, and sometimes they won't take the shoe back and give you your money back. They'll have to make you pick another shoe because now you've got shoes that you've worn outside, but. Mm-hmm. But still, it's experimentation, and if you get an injury, then we figure that out. So, Yeah, so some good takeaways. If you've got the flat feet, you do want to have a little bit of arch support. A little bit of arch support is good, yeah. And then don't buy a new pair of shoes before the marathon. <laughs> Keep right. it as consistent, or as consistent as you can. Absolutely. And, and don't, yeah, and don't, don't save up. You don't have your training shoes that you trained for three or four months for the marathon and then put on new shoes for the day of. Mm-hmm. I mean, I see that a lot. Um, uh, I mean, I see all kinds of marathon training errors. I, I mean, I have people who, you know, have been running three or four miles, and all of a sudden they say, well, I want to run a marathon. And so they look at the calendar, and they they miss some time, and the, the marathon's in two weeks, so they just go run 20 miles. Oh, my gosh. And get a stress fracture. Mm-hmm. I mean, I say to them, look, if you're going to go hurt yourself, do it on the day of the marathon. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? At least you get a ribbon out of it. So. <laughs> I mean, you got to be careful how you train for a marathon, and you're right. I mean, you train, you work your way up slowly, you keep the same shoes on. Mm-hmm. It is also important i should say about running shoes that they do wear out and they wear out um in the midsole area that you cannot see from the outside so we still think that the timeline uh, and this is still information that we used to give out in the olden days too but it's about three to six months that they wear out and and we usually say three or four hundred miles that we say you know you ought to 
you ought to move. Now, there are some people that can run, you know, with a piece of rubber strapped to their foot and run forever, and wow. it doesn't really matter. <laughs> so those people tend to throw off all of our statistics as well. Mm-hmm. But for, for the average person, we say about three to six months, you ought to get some new shoes. So. Just like changing your tires, right? Absolutely. So, and then I guess kind of jumping back, running barefoot is just no go, don't do it, not No, I, I wouldn't necessarily say that because high-level runners and Olympic-class mm-hmm. runners, college runners, even high school teams will take a day and run barefoot but oh. they don't routinely i mean they do that routinely but they don't they don't do it every day so i see so the difference with barefoot running and why it became such a craze is um the thinking and the 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 thinking behind all of that and behind the book and the theories behind what happened to people is when all these running shoe, shoe companies came out with newer and newer shoes what they were doing was adding more and more padding to your heel and you could wear that shoe and run and you can run very differently in a running shoe than you could run barefoot because you can slam your heel into the ground and it doesn't hurt because you've got an inch of padding there. And running like that causes a different running style. And so the and and that causes injury. It causes shock waves to go up through your heel all the way up your leg. It can cause heel pain, Achilles tendonitis, stress fractures, all these things that, that all we think are happening from a hard heel strike. So we and, and people think that you know running styles kind of evolved that way because of these fancy running shoes and so the barefoot running craze came from hey take those shoes off and you can watch people and there's videos on on youtube that you can find where you can take a runner put a running shoe on him and watch him run slow motion on a treadmill and watch his angle of how he hits and how far his legs kick back and everything with shoes on oh, okay. versus with shoes off. You take their shoes off and people land on the front of their foot much more. Their stride becomes a little shorter and it changes everything. And the feeling is that if you're running barefoot, your mechanics of your running style are a little more, uh, they're more cohesive to long-term running. And so you're not going to get the same kind of injury and injury rates as if you I had see. shoes on. See, but yeah. No, it's not for everybody. And and if you've been running your whole life with shoes and you decide, nope, I'm not running with shoes anymore, and you take your shoes off tomorrow, it hurts. I mean, you are using muscles running barefoot that you've never used before. And and high-level runners can, you know, used to running six, eight miles in a day. They take their shoes off and they go run those six, eight miles. They probably won't be able to walk tomorrow. I mean, it, yeah. it oh, really hurts. Even if they can get through it and they're not, you know, their skin feels okay on the bottom of their foot, you're using your muscles so much differently. But, but running coaches believe that's a good thing. And so they will take their runners and they'll, you know, they'll take their shoes off on the track and they'll have them run sprints barefoot or, or they'll do, you know, a, a few different drills barefoot, but then they put their shoes back on. So they do do some barefoot running training techniques. Um, and, and most, you know, high-level runners work that into their program. Gotcha. Um, but not every day. I mean, some people can, but it's not for everybody for sure. Oh, and for sure. There are some foot types that can do really well with running, but some people need to have a shoe on. Awesome. Okay. Kind of changing directions. What is a kind of good rule for wearing just an everyday kind of shoe for work and just kind of walking around? What should people look for? Well, I tell people all the time that um, it is true that you kind of get what you pay for. So, um, you know, higher shoes that cost a little bit more generally are better built and the midsole the the stuff that you can't see on the inside is generally made with better materials one very important attribute that that um that you should look at is does the shoe have a removable liner so if the liner comes out uh it's just set in there and it easily comes out that is generally a good shoe 
and that shoe usually costs a little bit more and the reason i like that is there are a lot of people out there that need to add an extra arch support and mm -hmm. and it's very nice if that liner comes right out so i will tell people all the time when you're picking a shoe if you got shoe a b and c lined up and they all look cute and you like them how you like how they look get the one that has removable liner because there may be a time when you need an arch support to go in there gotcha. and oftentimes you can't add an arch support on on top of and you end up hacking into the shoe and yeah. pulling up the glue <laughs> and stuff so so that is probably a primary um a primary thing to look at now um the other things that to look at as well if you have a high arched foot high arched people tend to get a lot of problems with the top of their foot in fact their toes will go numb a lot of times uh, my brother's like that so um people who have a high arched foot they should be looking at the tongue of the shoe and nobody ever looks at the tongue but no. if you've got <laughs> yeah, if you've I've got never thought about this before. if you've got two shoes that you're thinking about buying buy the one with a thicker tongue if you've okay. got a high arched foot and that's something that nobody ever looks at but you really have on the top of your foot just skin and bones and there's some nerves running through there and if you've got laces coming across the top of your foot that are that are digging into your foot if you've got a high arch foot they will do that it hurts and so you want to buy a shoe that's got a really well padded tongue and sometimes I'll even take somebody and even add padding to the tongue of their of their shoes so um, yeah I mean really the the bottom line is for for a daily shoe that you're wearing to work um, get a shoe that has a removable liner. If you start there, at least you know you're getting something pretty good. Nice. April, do you want to ask him about heels? And what's your take on heels, the ladies wearing heels? So it's interesting. Um, I, I have women all the time come into my office and they say, sorry, uh, I, sorry, you probably want to tell, you're going to tell me that I shouldn't be wearing heels, but guess what? I'm going to wear them anyway. And, and seems to be the consensus. Yeah. <laughs> I don't feel like anyone can tell us no. So heels are not bad. Honestly, they, uh, there are actually several problems that I actually prescribe heeled shoes interesting. for, you know, like which what? is interesting for guys, but, um, <laughs> no, like Achilles tendon problems. It helps a lot. To have, to have a high-yield shoe, it takes tension off the Achilles tendon. People who have plantar fasciitis a lot of times, mm -hmm. women will come into me and, and they'll work, they have to dress up and they'll wear heels in their office and they say, you know what, it kills me when I'm running, it kills me in my workout shoes, and then I go to work in high heels and it feels great all day. And, that's interesting. And that's true because you're taking tension off of off of your plantar fascia by having a heel. So, so yes, uh, a super high-heeled shoe isn't probably great, but um, it's not, they're not evil. And mm -hmm. they're not, you know, I mean, the one thing that I will say is that you do have, most of the time, high-heeled shoes are very narrow in the front. And yeah, and sometimes that's, the, that's a bigger problem right. with the toes. Exactly. So, and that's just something you have to deal with and find one that fits you well. If you have a bunion or if you have hammer toes or a neuroma, those are mm -hmm. things that I see a lot of. If you have one of those things and you're wearing a high-heeled shoe, it'll probably bother you more. But the shoe is not the cause of those things. Mm -hmm. It's a cause of more pain. And so... And people oftentimes think that. They think, I've been wearing heels all my life, so now I've got bunions. And that's not true. You have a bunion, and if you wear heels, it'll hurt you. That's good to know. Um, so I'm not, you know, high-heeled shoes are not terrible for everyone for sure. Now, there are some problems that, you know, you should avoid it, and we talk about that. But mm -hmm. in general, um, you know, it's it's generally okay. And I think it's also good to try on a pair that feels good because if you're going to be sure. on your feet, like some of them definitely feel a lot better for than sure. others. And different yeah. types of heels too. Right. And and um absolutely and, and trying them on and, and getting to walk around and, and getting some time in them absolutely is important and there are some ad there's some paddings that you can add to heels uh they're little gel sticker pads that you can oh, add, yeah. in, add in the ball of a, of a high-heeled shoe um, i have an arch support made for high-heeled shoes that we sell in our office cool. that, that works pretty well now 
if you can see it, you won't want to wear it, but there are some high-heeled shoes that you can hide, a hide, it, hide it inside of there, and it's really thin and it fits well. So there are some things you can do to, to make your shoes a little bit more comfortable as well. That was really interesting about high heels. I didn't know like hardly any of that. One thing that's kind of prevalent with the colder season coming on is ski boots. Sure. I know people are often trying to find the best fit. What kind of advice would you give people? Absolutely. Well, I would say this. I see problems every wintertime with with people uh, who are having a hard time in their ski boots. So it's a very common problem. Um, depending on your foot type, you, you may need to have a custom fit boot. Uh, you may need to have your boots adjusted. Um, and, and I see that all the time. Now, there are also are some problems that I will see in skiers that is not a boot fit problem. I see a pinched nerve in the ball of your foot called a neuroma. I see that quite frequently in skiers. Um, typically, I would say this. Get your boots fit. If you've, got, if you've got a foot that's a little bit funny shape, if you've got a big lump or bump or, or hammer toes or bunning or something like that, you really should get a little bubble kind of blown into the side of the boot, which boot fitters can do that, and every ski resort will have someone that can, you know, you leave your boots with them, and they can kind of adjust them for you. Um, the other thing I would say is that socks really matter, and um, I generally tell people, and I don't like people, I don't ski in anything really thick. Um, like a very thin sock that's not too tight really matters. and. Mm. I have people all the time who will come in and say, you know, I wore three pairs of socks because then my feet get cold, and I buckled up my ski boots, which ratchet down really tight, and mm -hmm. and then they're really cold on the ski slopes because they've cut off all the circulation to their toes. And yeah, so, and that and happens that. frequently. <laughs> so you want to make sure that they're loose enough you can wiggle your toes inside there. And if they're not, you know, it could be that your socks are too thick. I, I talk about socks even with runners all the time. Like though, you can't be running in those socks. You got to get th thinner socks that give your toes some room to move um but in general you know i don't do ski boot fitting necessarily but i talk to i see skiers all winter long and uh and talk to them about what they can do cool well, that's really interesting information i would have had never thought of that i need to probably not wear four pairs of socks when i go Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> well thanks for sharing your information today dr bruce on uh, different shoes and I think this is really awesome information for our audience and we're really grateful for everyone for tuning in today for more information on Dr. Bruce visit us at ogdenclinic.com and thanks for tuning in and listening to us today on The, the Daily, Daily Diagnosis. Diagnosis thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of The Daily Diagnosis we're so happy that you joined us today if you would like to find more information about Ogden Clinic our providers or locations visit us at ogdenclinic.com if you're listening today from Apple Podcasts app Make sure you leave us a review or subscribe so you can receive more information about the different episodes that we post. We love getting feedback from our audience, so those reviews are priceless to us. If you also would like to shout us out on social media, our Instagram handle is at Ogden Clinic. You can also send us a DM if there's a topic that you would like our providers to cover, and we really look forward to hearing from you. We post episodes weekly, so tune in next week, and we can't wait to be with you again. Have a great week.